Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The College Football Experience East Carolina Pirates season preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And lastly, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, us, the NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week. So make sure you get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store and download it today. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience. East Carolina Pirates season preview. My name is Colby swinging database Dant, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. Oh man. And we are talking East Carolina football. You know, if you've listened to the show before, you know, I'm an ECU guy. So there is homerism going on here. All right. From the start, but this is a rich program. This is a very rich program over the years. Yes, Scotty Montgomery got us into some trouble, and Mike Houston's trying to get us out of some trouble. Easily the worst stretch in ECU football, probably in the past, uh, it really in the past like forty years. So it's, ECU has had uh, a lot of great years over the over the years, from the days of Pat Dye all the way to uh, Ruffin McNeil to Skip Holtz. Um, I, I'm, I'm forgetting some of the other, the other great years we had a uh, 91 with Jeff Blake. Uh, when we beat NC state in the, we finished top 10, top 10 finished beat NC state. We got to get back to it. Where is my Dundee music? All right, let's get going here. These Carolina pirates for a long time. I've been a thorn in the side of mid majors Ask Frank Beamer and Virginia tech. All right. West Virginia with rich rod when they were ranked. All right, Miami Hurricanes in the early 2000s with Larry Coker. All right, we have been knocking up North Carolina. We beat on the regular NC State. This program is rich in tradition, from Jeff Blake to David Garrard 
to Dominic Davis, to Shane Carden, to Chris Johnson, to Ernest Biner, the pirates. Look, this team is coming back, baby. All right. They're coming back. Mike Houston is leading them back. And I can tell you Holton elders, junior quarterback, a lot of, of reason to be optimistic. If you're a pirate fan like myself, because this whole team was in, it's, st- it's still incredibly young, but you look at this team and you're returning 20 starters, 20 starters from a season ago. I mean, let's just get the ball rolling. I can't, I can't wait to opening Thursday night against app state. Cause we were the original app state when they were in the FCS, we were the teams beating, you know, we were the team beating all those teams. So, um, I really am excited to see what we can do here. Got to get better on the defensive side of the ball. And we were kind of a mess last year, breaking in a new DC in the middle of COVID. But uh, I really just think, man, it's a good year to be a pirate fan. I think this, the program's headed in the right direction. I really believe that. And I think that, uh, you know, if we can get out the gate early and I'll hit on that in a little bit, because we will have a host of the hoist, the colors, ECU football podcast. Uh, Steven, I go on the, on the show. This guy covers East Carolina for 24 seven sports. I, I can't wait to have him on and talk ECU football because as from one ECU guy to another look and, and people, if you have never been to Greenville, South Carolina, first off or North Carolina, I'm sorry. Uh, great college town, great college town. And these football games get lit. All right. They get lit. So last year, I think COVID hurts some of these teams that normally have a great home environment. All right. So I think that hurt a little bit, hurt a little bit, but yes, Steven's going to call in and talk ECU football with us. I can't believe I said Greenville, South Carolina, filthy, filthy for me to say that um, it's Hey, you know what it is? It's the fact it's, it's like 7 AM uh, on the, on the West coast here. So um, I had to, I had to get into the office early to get this one done. So Hey, uh, let's talk some ECU football. Joining us on the college football experience is the host of the hoist, the colors podcast. That's an East Carolina podcast. He covers ECU for 27 or 24, seven sports. Uh, I give you Steven. Igo. how you doing, Steven? I appreciate you hopping on and talking ECU football. Absolutely. I'm doing great. I'm just glad we are able to talk some football and not have to worry about, are we going to play the season and that sort of stuff this year? So very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I, I, I think I told you this a bit before we started recording, but East Carolina, everyone knows that's my squad. Uh, spent some time down there in Greenville, love Greenville. I, I even go back every couple of years to, to hit a football game. But yeah, last year, obviously COVID affected everything for, for, uh, for so many different coaches all across the nation. But Mike Houston year three people, I, I talk to people that say, Oh, it's a big year from, I still think it's like year one and a half. You know, I, can we really say last year was a full year? I know we played a certain amount of games, but we, I, I was, uh, I was listening to him say that uh, he didn't even have one whole game with, with his whole roster. So what do you, what, what would you make of last year? I mean, that's a great, great way to look at it. You know, I interviewed him early this week, actually. And we kind of, we talked about that as well. Is this really year three? I mean, of course he will be judged as it is year three, but 
for such a young program that he took over that needed so much development, so much change, so much overhauling to lose a year of development in many ways, like last year, I think did set them back. I do think that the biggest thing was they were able to get a ton of young guys playing experience that maybe they would have tried to red shirt or bring along more slowly, but with the COVID year and, and extra eligibility, nobody losing eligibility. They got a ton of guys experience and they honestly improved throughout the year. I mean, they finished, three and six, but very easily could have been five and four if uh, not for losing their starting quarterback to a false positive COVID test for the Navy game and not getting screwed at Tulsa in a very famous ending. So uh, the progress was there on the field. And I think you would have seen even more if it would have been a normal off season, but you know, it, it was never going to be an easy rebuild. And I think they did make progress. So some people will see it as, Oh, they went three and six. What good is that? But if you watch the games and kind of understood where the program is, you can see the progress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that Tulsa game, uh, don't get me started, man. I could I could do an hour just on that Tulsa game. Um, uh, but you look at this year, yeah, okay. Houston's just seven and fourteen as a head coach, but I think he's got the program on the right track. Uh, they're bringing back nine starters on offense for uh, offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. You know, this team a season ago was 50th in, in, in scoring offense, 57th in rushing, 66th in path, passing. That was pretty, uh, you know, pr- pretty complete. Uh, obviously, you want to get better with junior quarterback Holton Adler's coming back. Uh, what, what do you expect of this offense? I, I know I think the whole O line is back, it seems. Uh, Ray J. Harris, the running back uh, that, that shined as a freshman last year. What, what, what's the, what's the, the, the expectations coming into this season? offensively. And is there a unit you like more than any other? You know, I think the running backs for the first time in a long time at East Carolina have a chance really since the Chris Johnson era to, to really kind of carry the offense. I, I, I look at the offense and for the first time in a while, I don't really see a weakness anywhere. You know, usually the offensive line you can point to, maybe they don't have an explosive running back. Maybe they don't have an expo- or experienced quarterback. They have all those things, all their offensive linemen are back. Uh, they're, they're really too deep at a lot of positions on the offensive front for the first time. And gosh, probably a decade. Um, they have experience, they have size, uh, and the running backs of Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell, kind of a one, two punch as true freshman last year, stepped in and really kind of surpassed expectations, ended up burying Arkansas transfer chase Hayden on the depth chart pretty quickly. He transferred out after a few games and Darius Penix and upperclassman also got behind and transferred out. So that kind of shows you the experience of the, or the, the talent level of those two guys, um, you know, receiver wise, they returned Tyler Sneed, CJ Johnson, audio Matosho is kind of the, the main three with Sneed being an all conference guy in the slot. Who's just a, an absolute terror to cover. Uh, but I think a lot of it comes down to can Holton Aylers find the consistency that we've seen at times in terms of huge games where we'll have 300 plus yards four touchdowns. Then he'll have the next game. 150 yards, a pick, no touchdowns. There just hasn't been that consistent level of high performance. And a lot of that has been due to the pieces around him. And now that everything's kind of settled, you have a running game, you have targets, you've got an offensive line. Uh, I really think this is the year we kind of see the offense take that next step. Like you said, third year under Kirkpatrick, third year for Houston. Uh, the, the time is now. It's the third year for Holton Ayler. So I think this is the year that they should be able to take that next step. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that offensive line gave up 21 sacks in nine games. I don't know if that's all Eller's fault, but 
Um, the, what do you expect on the rec- like the receiving core? Also, is bringing in I see Tyree Sanders from Virginia Tech, Ray Rose from North Carolina. Are those guys going to see the field right away, or is C.J. Johnson, the Sneed, and uh, Amatoso, the UCLA transfer, just for sure penciled in as the, the top three wideouts? I think those guys are your top three. Um, they also moved a former highly recruited quarterback, Taji Hudson, to receiver, and he's got tremendous size, six three, two hundred pounds. Really looked good in the spring. Um, you know, Saunders, Ray Rose, they also brought in Jari Patterson from Marshall. I think those guys are more down the line, uh, but they, you know, you never know with receivers, they can play pretty young if they come in and hit the ground running. But I think Johnson and Sneed will be the, the go-to guys. Omotosho has kind of been waiting for his turn now with Blake Pearl moving on to the NFL. I think Omotosho will be a starter. Uh, and then, you know, Taji Hudson, Josiah Hatfield's another guy, only five, nine, but he can really fly. And then the tight end position for the first time in a long time actually has depth and talent. Shane Calhoun's a second year freshman. They really like, and they brought in two transfers and Ryan Jones from Oklahoma, who was a four-star recruit out of high school. And then Aaron Jarman, a grad transfer from temple. So um, I, I think there'll be plenty of targets. It's just a matter of kind of who emerges. Nice. Nice. Uh, now defensively, Blake Harrell, the defense returns 10, 10 starters. So, I mean, doing, doing these team by team previews, you see that and you get excited, but then you kind of look into the numbers. You say, well, I, I get it. They were young last year, but they were hundred second in scoring defense. They were 98, 98th in the country out of 127 against the run 85th in, in passing defense, hundred second overall. But so I, I guess I can't get too excited as an ECU fan, but I know this team is bigger. It's faster. They're, they're young returning 10 has got to be a positive here. Uh, what, what's your expectations on the defense? I know they got a lot of transfers uh, c- coming in uh, uh, from Marshall, from, from uh, TCU, but what, 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 what's your take on the defense? You think how, how much better will this unit be? I think it'll be a lot better. I think, you know, the COVID deal hurt the defense more than anything because they lost their entire starting defensive line. Uh, from the previous year and they changed coordinators. So, and they didn't have spring practice. So Blake Carroll, and he's got a pretty exotic defensive scheme. He basically had to teach it over zoom, uh, which isn't ideal. And a bunch of first year starters, especially on the defensive front, they ended up starting uh, multiple true freshmen playing a bunch of true freshmen. I mean, their starting nose tackle ended up being a true freshman walk on and he had a good year, but that just kind of shows you how desperate they were for somebody to emerge. Now, um, as the season went along, those guys got better. I thought by the end of the year, they really grasped the scheme. They were making progress. Uh, you look at the temple game, temple was playing shorthanded, but you really dominated them, uh, in the trenches. And then the SMU game, uh, the Mustangs were able to have some second half success when the game was out of reach, but the first half they smothered a explosive SMU attack. So I think that's kind of the hope building on those two games and uh, finding a way to continue to improve. But I, I think in the secondary, they honestly have a chance to be really, really good. Jaquan McMillan, Malik Fleming, Nolan Johnson are three really good corners. They bring a lot of safeties back who started last year, and they add North Carolina transfer DJ Ford, who basically looks like a defensive end playing safety. He's like 6'3", 215, uh, just absolutely chiseled and can run. And he, he had starting experience at North Carolina uh, before the COVID deal kind of hurt him. So – I think in the secondary, they have a chance to be the strong point there. They're still young up front, but they've got Rick DeBrayu, who's a second year uh, starter who, who can really impact the game. So I expect that group to uh, continue to progress much like the offense. 
Good, good. You, I'm saying you like you're getting me excited over here, man. With ja- Jaquan McMillan, also, yeah, I know you hit on that, but he was what second team All AAC, I believe, uh, with four interceptions. Um, look, but I, you look at the 22 penciled in starters that I'm looking at here. 14 of the 22 penciled in starters still underclassmen. So even with this year, they're still incredibly young. Well, yeah, it's it's honestly amazing, uh, and a lot of that is due to the COVID deal and the extra year of eligibility. And ECU kind of views it as, hey, if if they were a, a freshman last year, they're still a freshman eligibility wise, and that's how they list them. But you're at the point now where you're going to have these guys, basically this group of starters, for the next two to three years at least. So, uh, if you're Mike Houston this year, if you can find a way to get to a bowl game or even get right around that 500 mark, all of a sudden you know, by 2022, 2023, you're thinking, Hey, maybe we can compete for a conference championship, continue this ascension. So uh, even if they don't get five, six wins this year, I think there's a ton to be excited about as long as they continue to progress. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting me. I'm telling you, I know we play Michigan in the big house in two years. So I'm getting really excited for that possibility there, but yes, let's get to the, the win total here. Las Vegas is saying just four and a half wins for Mike Houston and, and, and our pirates here now blindly. I, I saw the progression that you hit on earlier, right? Whether it was the Tulsa game, whether, you know, games that got away from us, the, the Navy game, uh, I, I, I've, I, I see a difference in the way we're playing from the Scotty Montgomery days. So blindly, maybe it's the Homer in me. I say, man, we're going to hit that over on four and a half, but I will say the schedule is a little tougher than you real that I think I, the average person realizes. Um, out the gate, we get App State and Charlotte on Thursday night. I can't wait for this game. Um, how do you feel about our chances? I know App State uh, coming off of a. It's weird. Like uh, I was actually in Boone, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago, and App State fans were actually kind of disappointed with their season a year ago, even though they went, I think, nine and three. What, what do you think the chances are that we can pull this one off in, in uh, Jerry Richardson Stadium? I think it, you know, this game to me is if ECU can find a way to win this game, you almost look at, you know, the, the first three games, they can almost start three and oh, two and one, one and two or oh and three, like all three of the games to me are toss ups. And so I feel like if they can find a way to win this game with a young team, they can really have a special season. It's not the end of the world. If they don't win it, they'll probably be underdogs. But uh, I mean, I think App State is is they've had a bunch of changes in offensive coordinator. You know, they have a new quarterback. I'm not sold on the Jace, uh, the Bryce kid from Duke really. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a winnable game for ECU. If they play like they did against SMU to close last season, uh, they can beat pretty much anybody on their schedule. So um, I definitely think there's a chance they can win it. Now app state probably has more experience. They have a winning culture right now, but neutral site, season opener Thursday night. I think it's going to be a huge game. I mean, I, I kind of lean towards this being a game that can swing ECU into having a huge season if they can find a way to win it. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm calling for that upset uh, week two. We welcome, we welcome uh, Shane Beamer to Greenville. This will be the first game in, in Greenville, you know, since before COVID. Uh, so hopefully the an SEC team coming to Greenville, South Carolina, where this game was canceled a couple years back. Um, that I, 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 this is one that I should probably go to now. I, I think we have a decent shot. We have a decent shot, especially we're getting app state week one, South Carolina is getting Eastern Illinois, who is really bad on the FCS level. So I like that aspect of it. 
And then you touched on the third game at Marshall. Look, Marshall got rid of Doc Holiday, which I thought was a very good coach. Um, so I don't expect them to be at the same level they were a season ago. Now it's still could still a tough game in Huntington, West Virginia. But uh, and then Charleston Southern of the FCS, we get. I think if we can go two and two out the gate, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I feel too. If you go two and two, yeah, I think you then you have to get four conference wins, which is doable. You know, not easy as we'll get into with the conference slate. But I think you have to at least go two to two and two to set yourself up for the season you want to. I think a lot of ECU fans expect five, six wins or are hoping for five, six wins. So you got to get at least two. And it's like you said, none of those games are unwinnable. Like even though South Carolina is an SEC team, they're coming into your stadium. They have a brand new coach. They've got a young team. I mean, that is a gettable game. If ECU is playing at a good level, Marshall on the road is tough. I've, I've been to Huntington, West Virginia, but again, new coach, a lot of new pieces, like there's a lot of uncertainty around those two games. So, I mean, if you could find a way to go two and one in those three, suddenly you're, you're looking at a special year, but um, it it is tough to make a call really on any of those games, which is probably why the win total is around four and a half. I like our chances. I want to say we're going to get app state. I don't know. uh, Let's I'm going to play devil's advocate on the South Carolina one and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to lose that one. But Marshall Charleston Southern, I think we can get, um, I w- I wish the Marshall game was season- was from a season ago when we were getting them in Greenville, but it is what it is. I think we can be three and one. Then we are home to Tulane. Now, now I, I am high on Willie Fritz and Tulane because I thought we, we would have been able to play with them last year and, and they, they kind of gave it to us. Um, I, I want to say we can play with them, but I do think they are headed in the right direction as well. And I think Fritz is a really underrated coach. So Based off last year, I'll say, uh, okay, that's a 50, 50 game. It's in Greenville. We need to win that one. If we want to have this season that we're talking about here, then we're at UCF. I don't have us winning at UCF. We got a bye week and then we're at Houston. That's another big one. Cause Houston, uh, Dana Holgerson's got that team talented. They haven't really performed the way I think he's, he's one of them to so far. Um, what, what's your take on that three game stretch there? I, I think, I think we'll be happy with one and two, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. To me, that two-line game, much like the App State game, is kind of a swing game to start conference play. Like last year, that was a winnable game, and Tulane just came in and kicked ECU's tail and uh, in Greenville. And so the fact that they're making a return trip to Greenville, I, I have a feeling, and Willie Fritz and Mike Houston go way back, I have a feeling ECU has that game as circled on its schedule as any game because I think – Coach Houston and his staff were pretty embarrassed at how bad they played in that game. They were out schemed, they were out coached and outplayed. Um, and I think they're going to have an answer of some sort this year. Now, will they win? I don't know, but I think that's a crucial game again to start off conference play because UCF more than likely a loss, just given their talent level and it's on the road and a tough place to play. Like you said, I don't know what to make of Houston Holgerson. I thought he would have had more success by now than he's had. Um, they seem to have talent, but they can't really find a, a rhythm. It feels like, um, so I don't know what to make of that game, but the fact it's on the road probably would lead to me to predicting a loss. Yeah. So I think that makes that two lane game that much more important. I agree. I agree. And if we could somehow get that two lane game, you, that, you could potentially look at, at, a, at a four and one start and then yeah, potentially okay, you lose the UCF and Houston, but you're still sitting there at four and three, and then your schedule breaks nice for you. Home games against South Florida, 
Temple and UConn, which I think I think there's a solid chance we'll be favored in all three of those. Maybe the Temple game, you can make the case if Temple's having a, de- a decent year, maybe they'd be favored. But I think we can win those three games. Then you're talking about a bowl. Even if you lose the Tulane game, uh, you, you win those three right there. You're talking about a bowl, and then concluding uh, the season with at Navy and home to Cincinnati. Now I know that's a tough stretch because in Annapolis that place will be lit, and uh, Cincinnati's a top ten team, but. I, call me crazy. I know I'm a homer. I see six or seven wins on the schedule. Yeah. I think that, you know, ECU beat South Florida and temple on the road last year. And so you kind of, and really just looking at those teams, ECU has basically its entire team returning. And then you've got temple and South Florida with some, a ton of losses in the transfer portal. Uh, some, you know, some coaching changes uh, as they try to progress their program. So right now I would put ECU ahead of those teams in the pecking order of the American you're playing at home. You should win those games, you know, down the stretch Navy is another game. ECU probably felt like it should have won last year, but they're, you know, from year to year Navy's, it all depends on if they have a quarterback or not, that can run that option at a high level last year. They didn't have them. I'm sure kidney Lolo has something up his sleeve this year. I don't know what to make of that game. That'll be a tough one on the road. We know Cincinnati is going to be just a different animal this year. So I think you've got to find a way to win, you know, multiple games in that uh, stretch against USF and Temple. Agreed, agreed. And I think I think so. I mean, look, I know you you host uh, an ECU podcast. You're on the over too, though, right? Yeah, I would take the over. I, you know, I I think Vegas knows what it's doing more times than not, but I do like ECU to get to at least five this year. I think it's a very attainable goal. Um, and uh, you know, I could see them going well over five if they find a way to start like we talked about, you know, three and one, four and one. I think they could easily get well over five, but that that beginning part of the year, there's no guaranteed victories, but there other than Charleston Southern maybe, and there's no but there's no game they can't win. You know, outside of maybe like UCF and Cincinnati, I would say are the toughest two games on the schedule. The other ten, I think ECU is 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 capable of winning if they play well. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, man, you're getting me excited. I can't wait for that Thursday night opener. Um, uh, Steven, Steven, I go here, uh, host of hoist the colors podcast. I want you guys to all check that out. You can, you can find Steven on Twitter at Steven. That's uh, S T E P H E N I G O E. Give him a follow. He covers ECU for 24 seven sports. Steven, I can't thank you enough for, for hopping on and talking ECU football. And I'd love to have you back. Hopefully after we go three and one or four and oh out the gates and then, you know, uh, excitement is built up in Greenville and I'd love to have you come back on the show and, 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 and preview some games for us. Sounds good, man. It's been too long since ECU football was kind of relevant on a national stage. You know, we've all seen it get to that point. I think it's ascending back to that point. I don't know if it'll happen this year or not, but they're moving in the right direction, but I appreciate you having me on, man. It was fun. Anytime. Uh, look, we could talk ECU. I mean, Dude, I could do tw- I could do ten hours on this, man. I could do. <laughs> th- thank you so much, man, and I appreciate you hopping on. Everyone, give him a follow once again at Stephen. That's S T E P H E N I G O E, and check out his podcast. Hoist the colors, baby! Uh, thank you so much, and and have a good one, brother. See you, man. Take care. Man, that was a great interview with Steven Igo. I'm, I'm excited for East Carolina football. I really am, man. That South Carolina game in Greenville, Dally Ficken Stadium will be rocking. 
I might have to go to that one. Might have to call NC Nick. Tell him, hey, I'm coming in on a red eye. Let's get to Greenville. Crack open some adult beverages. Man, uh, yeah, I really am. I really am excited. Yes, we hit on the fact UCF and Cincinnati. I think those are pretty much since the so Cincinnati's in Greenville, so I'll, I'll hold up a little bit of hope. We've had some big upsets in Greenville before, but the UCF game in the big house uh, or the bounce house, whatever. All right. The moon bounce. All right. It, that's the one that I just think probably we can't get. I think we're capable of beating any, anyone else. I mean, Cincinnati, obviously you'd favor Cincinnati, but stranger things have happened in Greenville, right? I can't wait for the season as an ECU guy, man. I, I can't tell you. I just can't wait, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, plenty of times I went to, I've been to Dowdy. I've been there for Virginia tech upsets. I've been there for the bad times too, man. We had like a two year stretch where we, we, in like the early two thousands, we got this coach, John Thompson it was like a DC from uh, Florida. I think in the Spurrier days for two years, he was bad. Pulled the plug and then brought in skip Holtz really changed the identity there. Got it back to where ECU uh, should, 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 should be now essentially it's kind of going through it again with the Scotty Montgomery era. But over the past 40 years, they really haven't had that many bad seasons. So can't wait for, and, and fans in the stands is going to make a big difference. I think the fact that you got all these starters back, like I said, 20, if you add in the, the, the punter here, 20, 19 starters on the offense and defense back. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mike Houston is I'm a believer in Mike Houston. And I don't think this should be a critical year. I mean, I think it's a critical year, but I, I'm saying for people to say, Oh, well, if, if they have a losing season, maybe he should be fired. No, I think he should be given five because COVID and the mess that Scotty Montgomery gave us uh, as pirate fans here, uh, was brutal. It's brutal. So yes, I say us. So anyway, guys, if you're a first time listener to the college football experience, make sure you subscribe. We are uh, doing a podcast for all 130 college football teams. App States already out there. All right. Uh, if you're an ECU guy, I mean, look, there's a, there's a, I, I, all of it. Duke is out there. <laughs> um, go check it out. We're going alphabetically. We'll go through all 130 and probably some FCS teams too, because we love college football and the college football experience. We talk it year round. We also talk college basketball year round. So subscribe to the college basketball experience. That's on its own feed as we uh, we're continuing our off season breakdown over there. But me, my two co-hosts that are normally with me, Patty C and NC Nick, we handicap every single division one college basketball and college football game. Been doing it for over four years now. And we've never had a losing season independently. We've never had a losing season, but also as a collective, obviously we've never had a losing season. So we give you all those picks on a spreadsheet for free uh, over at, over on the SGPN app, get that app SGPN. And look, we're, we win way over 500 on our locks. Give you all of that for free on the SGPN app. Uh, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to iTunes? Give us a five-star review. Say some nice things about us. We'd certainly appreciate it. And if you do, Take a screenshot of your review, tag me at the Colby D, and I will send you a college experience t shirt. Give me a follow as well. Uh, tag me on Twitter, that is, at the Colby D. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore NICK. Give all of them a follow. And don't forget to follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at the SGP Network. All right. All right. This is the college football experience, East Carolina Pirates season preview. ECU 
ECU, ECU, you better start thinking about yours. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>